This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Life Labs, the country's largest health diagnostic testing company, has been the target of a major data breach, leaving 15. 15 million Canadians data vulnerable to cyber criminals. Now, here in Ontario, 10 million people are potentially affected. The type of data includes health card numbers, lab results, addresses, passwords, and more. Here is the company's CEO, Charles Brown, responding. Been monitoring the dark web, and what we've seen, we think the risk is fairly low here in that we've seen no use of this data. They've been monitoring the dark web and other places, and and the data has not surfaced. Well, frankly, he sounds pretty flippant and cavalier and defensive to me. What do you think? And are you worried about this? You know, there are people who say that we are becoming so used to these data breaches that people kind of shrug. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And... I would like to hear from you, but right now I'm joined by Anne Kavukian, who is the Executive Director of Global Privacy and Security by Design Centre and formerly Ontario's Privacy Commissioner and Technology Analyst and Journalist, Carmi Levy. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Anne. So, Anne, what is your reaction to this? Oh, this is just totally unacceptable. A company like Life Labs, with 15 million people's resources in terms of the most sensitive personal information that exists, health data, you would think that the strongest security imaginable would be applied to this data. And clearly, that hadn't taken place. And you can't say, well, it's no big deal. We're monitoring it, and there's been no use of the data. That means nothing. Often in cases like this, Identity thefts will arise a year later. You know, the, the people who collected the data will just stay still for a while, and then boom, away you go. This can inflict enormous harm. Uh, what do you say to people who say that in terms of the health information is sort of, you know, big deal, so they know I have strep throat? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, big deal. They know I have cancer or I have HIV or Parkinson's. It is a big deal, and it's the most sensitive personal information in existence. And in the wrong hands, it can cause undue havoc. It might go into the hands of your employer, your insurer. It's no one else's business but your own. Uh, That is an appalling view. And really, there is such a trust deficit now, and this will just continue to erode trust. Carmi Levy, uh, again, there are people say that there is more danger of what Anne pointed out at first, uh, identity theft down the road than the use of the medical information. Would you agree with that? I would. The numbers don't lie. We've seen this happen time and again in some of the most major breaches to date. Yahoo, Equifax, Capital One, Desjardins. 
Um, it's in the months that follow, often years afterward, that that information, once it's out in the wild, is bought and sold time and again on the dark web. Uh, it lands in the hands of those who would then use it. They'll put it together with other data from other breaches and then use it to prosecute identity theft attacks. And so, you know, the fun is just beginning if you've been victimized here, and it's going to get much worse over the next number of years. And so to hear uh, the CEO of Life Labs, Charles Brown, uh, be as, and as you put it, flippant, uh, and I think you're absolutely right, but to listen to not just what he said, but the tone of how he said it, it's really not that big of a deal. We've been monitoring. It's fine. Um, that enrages me. And the fact that we are not marching through the streets with pitchforks and flames <laughs> at the front door of this company uh, is surprising. At some point, something's got to snap among Canadians, and I'm kind of hoping that Life Labs is that catalyst of event. And how would you characterize the response from that CEO? A lot of people are calling for his resignation. Well, and I totally agree with what was just said. I mean, it is such a, it's, it's like such a flippant attitude towards the most serious breach. I think this is one of the largest breaches, if not the largest, in Canada. And dealing with our most sensitive personal information. And identity theft, let me tell you, when I was a privacy commissioner, a number of victims of identity theft came to me in an effort to seek my assistance to help them clear their names. This can cause havoc for years, trying to explain to the credit card companies, no, no, I didn't whack up those charges. That wasn't me. It's a nightmare. And the thing is, all the personal information that has been divulged here can be used to open up a bank account, uh, obtain a loan, get a credit card, buy a car, you name it. There's no end to what inappropriate use of this data may be put to. I always tell people, beware of the unintended consequences when your information lands in the hands of third parties unknown. Okay, so let's get to this data breach itself. Now, first of all, this company paid a ransom, and they said that they consulted with experts and uh, decided that it was better to pay a ransom than to try to recapture the data themselves. But my questions, Carmi, are, do we know that they have fixed whatever the breach was? And how do we know that, that the, you know, the, the hackers have not copied all this information and just hanging on to it? Those are great questions. And, you know, the fact that, that a ransomware attack occurred in the first place to suggest very clearly that your information technology or IT capabilities are absolutely rotting to the core. Uh, and, you know, uh, but basically your people aren't, tra- aren't trained properly. Someone clicked on a link somewhere or pressed a button. Um, and then that ransomware, that malware was installed on the network, which allowed that breach to occur. So they've got a huge training issue. Okay, um, so just that- a minute. So we're sure it happened through that way, through ransomware. Well, the fact that they said that they paid a ransom is very, they didn't give a whole lot of details, but this is, this looks like a ransomware attack and it always involves the weak human underbelly. Someone, someone gets a message, um, and then clicks on it and that starts the, the process. And then next thing you know, they're, they, they've got access to the internal network. So that, that's what we know. And that's based on kind of the profile of similar breaches, similar ransomware attacks in the past. Uh, the fact that they paid a ransom, it suggests very strongly that that's what we're dealing with here, which again, is the worst of all possible types of breaches. Yes. And, and if I could add to Carmi's comments, which I totally agree with, you have no assurance that the data hasn't been copied, isn't somewhere else on the dark web, they're just sitting dormant on it now. There's no confidence that can be attached to this. 
yeah, that's that's exactly the point. And as as you pointed out earlier, it's not going to happen tomorrow. They hang on to this stuff, you know, for a year, maybe even longer, and then they start putting it out in the world. Exactly. And that's why I urge people to keep their eyes open on all of their credit card statements, anything involving their data, and definitely at least, you know, collect the identity theft protection that Life Labs is offering. It's too little, too late, but it's something. But also contact them and see if your data was compromised. Okay, so that was um, my next question. They've offered, you know, in previous breaches, we have seen some institutions offer, you know, unlimited lifetime coverage for uh, for identity theft and, and monitoring, and they've offered 12 months. Yeah. Too, way <laughs> no. too little. I mean, yeah, Carby's laughing. You're right. <laughs> But it's, but it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's uh, you're you're absolutely right. Too little, too late. Um, and uh, to me, it's it's an affront. It's an affront if you've been victimized. I'm probably one of them because, uh, like many Canadians, I've used this these, this company for testing. Um, and you know, it should be lifetime. And I think it suggests very clearly they just don't take it seriously enough. Remember, they had a breach in 2013 as well. So they talk about mm. hiring cybersecurity experts. They hired them after this breach happened. What yeah. happened between 2013 and 2019? Why weren't they bolstering their protections then? This is clearly a company where they don't get it. The culture is, is absolutely not security first. And as a result, Canadians are forced to pay the price. Okay, so... I, I, I totally agree. I, I just... Do you have an... I mean, I am assuming they, they've sort of said, we'll get in touch with you if, <laughs> if you're... Oh. Ident- I'm, and, uh, you know, am I, uh, I'm a Zed, you know, am I the last one in of the 10 million people on, on the uh, call list? How are people going to find out? I mean, you know, I can't imagine, you know, I can't, I, you can't even get through to Air Canada to do business. So, so well, I, how, how do you get through to these people to see if you're breached and, and to collect your at least your 12 months of protection? Libby, I would urge everyone to at least try to get in touch with them. They've apparently opened up a call line or something. At the very least, make the effort to to let them know how outraged you are and you want to know what are you being offered in place of this, where all your data is is out there for potentially inappropriate uses. And you're just standing. You don't know what to do, of course. They, They should have had the most secure protections in place proactively by design Ever since the 2013 breach, as Cammy said, you don't wait for this stuff to happen and then address them afterwards. You have to proactively embed much-needed privacy protection security measures, bake it into the code so that you protect the data. Encryption. I, understood, I, I read somewhere that the CEO said he didn't know if the data were encrypted. How can you not know this? That should be the first thing you do, in addition to a whole host of other security measures. I'm, I'm surprised by that. He didn't know if it's encrypted. Carmi, do you have any further details or advice? But I have to say that we tried to get in touch with that CEO. I, I don't even think they graced us with a phone call. Uh, so, yeah. you, you know, clearly there is a kind of lack of caring here or else or else uh, he's he's taking heat from his board now. Uh, yeah, well, but- that certainly doesn't surprise me. And, you know, just based on everything I've seen, the way he speaks, the way he's been trotted out in front of the cameras, at least initially, they clearly don't care. And I think that's an important message for all of us. We shouldn't have to wait for this company to get its act together because clearly they never will. This is the opportunity for us as consumers, as victims, and let's just assume that we've all been victimized, 
to seize control. And so we, you're going to want to start monitoring your financial statements much more closely. Look for small transactions, anomalous things, things that, did I really buy that? Was I actually there? Um, watch your inbox very carefully because you're probably going to see an increase in the number of phishing attempts. So <sighs> messages that look legit, but they have rogue links and buttons in them that entice you to click on them. Don't don't answer those phone calls. You know, those phone calls, the robocalls, yes. oh. uh, they're also tied to this. And so you're going you're gonna to want to really keep your eyes open for those. And then most importantly, if you had an account with Life Labs, and some people do, uh, where you could sign in and get the results online, change that password immediately and then go change the password on any related accounts as well. Don't use the same password on any on, on more than one account. Use hard-to-guess passwords, not your, your partner or your pet. Uh, passphrases are even better if they let you. And use dual and, or multiple-factor authentication and encryption wherever it's offered. Dig into the settings, tighten those controls. Don't wait for Life Labs to do it for you. Ultimately, it's up to us. Okay, I'd like to give the numbers out again. I would like to hear from our audience if they are worried, uh, if they are kind of getting used to news about these breaches and what they plan to do. I'm sure a lot of people have had diagnostic tests in the last while. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm talking to the former Privacy Commissioner and Kavukian and tech analyst Carmi Levy about this data breach at Life Labs. And so here the thing, you you just referred to people who have accounts with this, but for many of us, I would say probably most of us, this is not a decision that we made, but our doctor sent it off there. And ultimately, this company provides services to our government. So what is the responsibility there? Well, you know that there's investigations underway. The BC Privacy Commissioner and the Ontario Privacy Commissioner are jointly investigating this, and I and they will leave no stone unturned because this is such a massive data breach, and it will have severe consequences on individuals. There's already a class action lawsuit that was initiated yesterday. I'm sure that'll be the first of many. But what what I find disturbing is the attitude taken towards this by Life Labs. Like it's no big deal. We've got it covered. No, you don't. This has just started. And to suggest that, oh, well, we're monitoring the dark web and we haven't seen anything yet, so you don't have to worry. You have to worry for a long time. The, the, all the concerns associated with this will not disappear. And so I, I would love them to, to show a little uh, concern for the, uh, I don't know, it's like 15 million total. Um, 10 million in Ontario. I'm sure you and I, Libby, are, have had lab tests oh, done yeah, by them. Sure. And most of us have. And that's the enormous concern. Virtually everyone that I know will be impacted by this, and it can have dramatic consequences. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, yes, I, I certainly agree with you, Anne, but that sounds like it's a, it's a failure of their crisis communications team, uh, just in terms of, uh, you know, they didn't have somebody who sat the guy down and said, yeah, run that by me again until you sound like you really mean, <laughs> like you really are concerned. Then <laughs> that's... Oh. But what does that say to you? That's, that's a problem. How seriously is this being taken? A massive data breach of this magnitude that will impact millions of individuals. Um, this is a nightmare. Okay, let's take a call from Marek in High Park. Hello, Marek. Oh, yes, good day, Libby. 
I'm just listening to his um, comments, and I, I would like to say that this is uh, there is no way uh, for everybody who to be, I have to say, surprised uh, with the situation, and they will be never able to control that to control. So this is it means the information once it's internet, so there is no any safeguard to protect it. But the, the only one way to protect the information is to put on piece of paper and read, write by pen. I, I'm not. But, I'm not sure about that, Marek, because we, are, we just now we, we are paying the price for the convenience of the information. Well, 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 <laughs> not really. Like I, I just heard a story uh, about a woman whose purse was stolen, and she had all her passwords and everything written down on a piece of paper, and the banks won't reimburse her. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's 2019. Yeah, you know, we, we can't live in a digital equivalent of a cave. We have yeah. to live our lives online whether we like it or not. It's not that that's inherently unsafe. It's the behaviors. We're not taking security seriously enough. We can be secure if we take the time to do our homework and to, to, um, to monitor our transactions and to use strong password protocols and to be careful what we share on social media. But uh, human nature being what it is, most of us aren't doing even the basics. Most of us aren't behaving in a secure online way. Being online isn't putting us at risk. We're putting us at risk. And Marek, it's, you know, if you go to your doctor, um, you know, they're going to do, they're going to get the test results the way they're going to get them. They're not going to be writing them down on pieces of paper. No, no, I understand. But you see, we are not in the situation that there will be, uh, we cannot make a perfect uh, safeguard system. This is, uh, this is a dream. The reality of life is that everybody will be there. These instances will be op- occurring more and more often. Well, they certainly are. They are not publicized. But, okay, you know, well, they like, are eventually. But this is the, the 21st century, so welcome. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mark. Let's go <laughs> to Margo in, in, in Toronto. Margo, are you there? Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. I can't hear you very well. Um, What I did this morning was I contacted the phone number that was advertised on the news for Life Labs. I spoke to a young man who I hadn't been particularly well trained. I asked him if this my credit thing that we were to go to this website to get the credit monitoring was a Canadian company because I'm not interested in having my data stored, you know, by an American or some other third country. And he assured me that it was, and in fact, it's not. It's the subdivision of TransUnion, and TransUnion is American. So, again, they're not giving out the correct information. Um, I asked him when exactly the people had visited Life Labs for the period of the data breach, and he told me it was 10 years. And I had heard on the news that it was somewhere in 2016. No, okay, the, the, that confused us as well. So 20, they said that all the breaches of health card information date to 2016 or earlier. And that affected 85,000 people in Ontario. But the 10 million is for the whole kit and caboodle. That's what they said. And uh, it's also a question, do you believe exactly what they said? Um, I'm, uh, I'm actually, you know, there's good news in what you said. You actually reached someone. That surprises me. <laughs> he wasn't well-trained. He was very pleasant, but he wasn't well-trained. 
because he couldn't answer my questions. He had to keep putting me on hold. And, and well, yeah, I'll bet. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to let you go, and I am going to let Carmi respond about your question about whether you can trust this uh, subsidiary of TransUnion with, with uh, the monitoring thing. Okay, Margo, thanks for your call. Okay. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sorry? A whole lot of choice, you know, like it, it, they're offering what they're offering. And so TransUnion, Canadian, American, you know, what's the lesser of two evils? Our data is out there and they're offering us a service to mitigate some of the risk and exposure and damage there. So I would take them up on their offer, even though they are, you know, based in the U.S. And there is the possibility, possibility that our data might cross the border. Um, to me, you know, the, the bigger risk is doing nothing. Uh, and then, you know, Lord knows what happens next when your data is then used against you in a future identity theft attack. So, mm. you know, take it because it's offered. Recognize that it's not perfect. Nothing ever is in the security domain. Um, but, you know, like everything, uh, being secure online is largely the result of lots of little actions that we take as individuals. And we sort of put them all together. Not any one of them is perfect. But when you layer them over each other, uh, they do tend to allow us to lead a digital life with uh, an acceptable amount of risk. We're never going to eliminate it, but we can certainly, you know, get it to the point so that, you know, unlike Marek's worldview where everything has to be on paper, we can be online and then we can sleep at night and, and minimize the potential that we're going to get hit by this again. Okay, and, and uh, so the advice is to go to that website and sign up for that security. I mean, and don't wait for them to call you to tell you that you are one of the 10 million, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Assume better than you nothing. Are. It's better than nothing. You know, I always talk about, like Carmi did, the myth of zero risk. Why you can't eliminate all risk. There, you can minimize risk dramatically. But I put that on the company to expect individuals to protect their data um, is, is virtually impossible in terms of 100%. But companies should be leading with this, especially since they've had issues in the past 2016, 2013. You would think that they would leave no stone unturned in terms of how they would secure the data. Obviously, they haven't done that. And that's what is so unbelievably disappointing in this. And I'm sure the privacy commissioners will address that in their investigation. Uh, and I, I know you have to go soon, but I'd like you to address whether the government has any responsibility or bigger responsibility in making sure that private third-party companies that provide services ultimately to the government, that's our health care, that they're up to snuff. They should, at the very least, put issue a minimum standard. They haven't done that. And that's part of the problem. There should be an absolute minimum standard of, you know, some things like strong encryption, firewalls, or the whole host of things that the security experts will tell you about. And that's what has been missing and hopefully will now be invoked as a result of this massive data breach that will impact, unfortunately, millions of people. Mm-hmm. And Carmi, do you agree with uh, that uh, minimum standard from the government would be I helpful? We do. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've we live in an era where technology is racing ahead of the law's ability to keep up. And so the more the government can do to put in a framework, uh, put in place a framework that deals specifically, specifically with these kind of threats, accountabilities of companies that, that are holding onto and managing and, and uh, moving our personal data around collecting it, um, and then co- consequences, what happens uh, and what they're accountable for when they fail to meet that bar, I think we need better laws on the books so that companies like Life Labs know that if they uh, drop the ball in future, uh, that there's going to be, uh, you know, significant, a significant price to pay, heck to pay. 
um, and that's going to come right from the top. Uh, without that legal or legislative framework in place, um, we're just going to keep skittering from one breach to another with never really getting ahead of it. I think the government has a major role to play in ensuring that we're protected well into the future. Okay. And uh, finally, Anne, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? I, I always want to urge people, you have to be proactive in terms of companies. Don't wait for the data breaches and then offer remedy after the fact. We've seen this again and again in all of these data breaches, and it's appalling. You're dealing with big companies, you know, Equifax, Desjardins, Capital One, Life Labs. Why are these companies so under-resourced in terms of security until there's a massive data breach? And they'll say, oh, okay, we'll do something now. Way too little, too late. It's time to be proactive. Get a model of prevention. Bake it into the code. You can prevent the harms from arising. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Anne Kavukian and Carmi Levy. I really appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure, Thanks so much, as, as always. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.